Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 22nd of December 2011. For newcomers, as always, help yourself to the audios, the free audios for download at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see another bunch of sites listed on that page. If you find sticking on the com, it's because so many folk going to it at the same time. Try these other sites, the alternate sites. They all carry transcripts as well of a lot of the talks I've given in English uh, for a print up and you can go into Alan sentinel.eu for transcripts and other languages. Number two, you're the ones to bring me to you so you can help me by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. It's all on the, that page, how to do it. And you'll also find um, that Americans can use uh, personal checks or international postal money orders to send to Canada. They're still accepted. Uh, PayPal's fine, and um, some people to send cash across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. Member straight donations are also awfully, awfully welcome here. Now, I try, as I say, to chronicle basically the events we're going through in this big world global system. Very old uh, global push for a, a global government, and it goes back an awful long ways. You can find the histories of it. In fact, it's out in the open now. Uh, a lot of the big players down through the last couple of hundred years who pushed for this particular type of world government. And you're going to understand, too, in the 1800s, people were really up in science. They thought science was going to be the savior. And as they were mass-manning everybody and massing everything for the masses and mass production, they also thought they could manage the masses of the planets by using experts and deciding how to really run the world. All the things that were obsolete, like religions and, and marriages and all that kind of stuff would have to go by the wayside. And out of that came Marxism, and which still goes on today under Trotskyism and various other names. So we're living through planned changes, and, uh, and unfortunately we are the generation that have to go through them as they, they do the big crunch into complete globalism. Uh, True treaties signed yearly by whatever governments in doesn't matter. They always sign these treaties through the United Nations that bind all the all the, the countries together through the United Nations under treaties. And uh, of course, they've all, they have achieved their goal for Europe, an amalgamated Europe, and uh, a common currency. And don't believe the stuff about Britain. They'll give it back into it as soon as you as soon as they they, they want to um, make the push. But we're living through as they plan changes. The United Americas is to come next as we all crash down too economically because there's so much money due to pay for all the wars uh, that have gone for 20 years solid now. We tend to forget that. 20 years of wars, uh, solid wars, never ending. And they've, and they've not seen end for a long time, by the way. The perpetual wars is what they call it in the military, this actual part of the agenda. So we're, we're living through an incredible time of change. Uh, Many of the changes have all happened. So the, the social changes have been awfully successful via the media, movies, and, and magazines to make sure that we can't go back. That's the whole idea. We can't go back 
to a system that did work, where people had real communities that the governments had no hand in, and, and marriage was at the top of the list too. Uh, back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watford, cutting through the Matrix, and as I said, generally chronicle the events and, and go back to the past to, to show you how they tie in with plans made long ago, because nothing happens in the big world, in any big, in a major level at all, uh, without massive, massive planning, years of planning, in fact. And we know that all the countries being taken out right now across the Middle East uh, were on the list of the New American Century Group as far back as ni- in the ni- 1990s. So it's the same list, and uh, in fact, Rumsfeld and others have congratulated Obama for carrying on the same list. So there's no difference in parties. There's only one party, really, and the rest of it is just an illusion to keep us voting. But, as I say, world government is to be the end of all of this, and under a technocratic, or technocratic society, they call it technocracy, and technocracy is a, supposedly a social science. It's an, somebody's theory and idea of how things should be uh, that a man put in two words. It was, had different names before that. Uh, it's the same basic theory where experts would guide and plan the world properly rather than leaving it haphazard to individuals at the bottom who decide to when to mate and who to mate with and where they're going to live and all the rest of it. Far easier to get a planned society where you train the people gradually, generation by generation, to believe in experts and, and then to, to obey the experts. So when experts tell you where you're going to go and work, you'll just up and go, even if it's another side of the planet for a global society. And we're, we're going through the big changes now. It's authoritarian, of course. The Club of Rome said that. We're post-democratic, and we're now in an authoritarian society. It's very, very obvious if for those who, who've got eyes to see and ears to hear. And uh, really, th- those who can't are perfectly indoctrinated. They still think they're living somehow in the past. You know. Now, part of it too, and this goes back to the world, to the the precursor of the United Nations, the League of Nations, which uh, wanted to inoculate everybody on the planet for every disease there was. But also too, they mentioned that they wanted to bring down the population. So I didn't trust them when I read those books too. They were obviously uh, thinking about depopulating through. This is good for you. You take this shot way back then. And we know that most of these shots just don't work at all. Actually, they make you very sick and sometimes permanently too. And I've read so many articles on them, I've lost count. But here's an article here from the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons. It says, Physicians oppose the mandatory flu vaccine for health workers. Now, all those in the health industry are required now or at least the government's requiring or demanding they all take the shots, because after all, this is their science, supposedly. If you don't believe in it, why are you in the profession? So uh, they're trying to make everyone take the shots. This is in letters to Colorado public health officials, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons opposes a rule requiring workers in health care facilities to have an annual influenza vaccination or lose their jobs. That's, that's, there's, a, there's democracy, right? Eh? 
Workers who had a rare religious or medical exemption would be required to wear a mask in patient care areas from November through March. And this is just to make a laughing stock out of you, so you'll, you'll succumb and accept the jab, you see. It's like, putting, it's like marking you with an X or something. Same idea. But, but regardless of that, why should you need a religious exemption to get out of this anyway, you see? I mean, why can't you just say, I don't believe in this thing, I've read enough on it that it's bad for you and, and more folk get sick afterwards than and doesn't prevent the flu anyway. That's good enough, shouldn't it? That's be good enough. Here's a study, take this one, this one. Take your pick of all these studies. They come out every year in March after it's over. <laughs> the religious exemption is too narrowly drawn. The AAPS rights and should be a philosophical exemption as accepted in many states to, to avoid inquisitions into matters of faith. It's none of their business anyway, is it? The mask requirement seems to be nothing more than a punitive retaliation against those who decline the vaccine and should be dropped. It says here, um, it says that the, both immunized and non-immunized individuals can transmit influenza or other illnesses. Actually, they found that in all the studies they've done, uh, there's no difference in the amount of people who get flu whether the, uh, compared to the, the group who didn't get the jab, compared to the ones who did get the jab. There's no difference at all across the board. And actually, when you get the jab, it's not real flu you're getting. You're getting a, a modified flu virus and uh, it's been altered genetically. And anything, believe me, you can't, any foreign DNA get onto your body is going to cause incredible problems. Because it then takes over the cells of your body, you know. The New Mexico study cited in support of the policy shows a tiny effect, an adjusted odds ratio of only 0.97 for confirmed influenza outbreaks. Now an outbreak they're classifying now as one case. <laughs> That's amazing how you can be an emergency or nothing, eh? And residents of long-term care facilities where 60% of direct care workers were immunized compared with the facilities with a 51% immunization rate. This means that in facilities where more workers were immunized, residents were still 97% as likely to get influenza. There you go. So anyway, it says, in the age of evidence-based medicine, AAP's notes, there is surprisingly little evidence supporting the efficacy of influenza vaccine and evidence of safety is also limited. According to a 2006 article in the British Medical Journal by Tom Jefferson, and it's got the link here to that too, you can download that, the coordinator of the vaccines section of the Cochrane Labor, uh, Collaboration, SETA data reported in only five randomized studies with 2,963 observations. Many repeated doses of similar vaccines likely increase the risk of allergic reactions and no data exists on the safety of a large number of doses, stated Dr. Orient, citing a 2006 article in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons. In other words, this, this stuff here eventually wrecks your immune system and actually all these uh, inoculations you put into your body do the same thing. That's why everybody now has a, has a, a deficient immune system. And that's taught as normal now in, in, for people coming out of medical school. What's normal, we're all, we all have a, a diminished immune system. There's no reason to, they have no teaching behind them to tell you why. They don't know. But through, through the inoculations, all, it's plummeted since the 1950s and, and just escalated through the 60s. Now, everything now is corrupt. We can see it straight out because, um, and that is the system for the authoritarian society that the big boys themselves, just like the Soviet Union, uh, lived awfully well at the top. And they also give each other deals and everything as well to 
So everything now is lobbying. And as I said before, if you want to start a business, just, just sniff around. A good psychopath will get it right off the bat. He doesn't have to be told. He sees what's popular, what's coming down the pike, what they're all pushing for. And he'll get grants from the government and start his own business up. You see? But that's how you have to do it today. There's no, no point in hard work, folks. There's no point in hard work at all. There's no point in that at all. Company who lobbied for the NDAA and definite retention bill for Americans, uh, given, is given a $23 million contract for nitrate equipment. So the company that lobbied it, and then they get this $23 million contract. So according to reports from the Daily Cost in Russia today, companies specializing in nitrate equipment, that's when they want to bust in your homes, which will be escalate actually when the time is right was awarded a $23 million contract from the Department of Defense and subsequently went on to lobby for the NDAA, which has given the government the power to indefinitely detain American citizens. Surefire LLC openly lobbied for the House version of the NDAA, a bill many have claimed has effectively ended the Bill of Rights months after receiving the $23 million contract from the Department of Defense. Why would this company be receiving a contract which could outfit at least 30,000 troops with new and updated night raid equipment when the U.S. is supposedly pulling troops out of Iraq and to a smaller extent Afghanistan? Why has the same company gone on to lobby for a bill that's turned the United States into a war zone? And so it says, does it seem likely that the night uh, raid gear that would be provided by the DOD under the $23 million contract will be used outside the United States when the company who won the contract is lobbying, blah, blah, blah? Um, it says, as we've reported in the past, the plans for martial law in America have long been drawn up. And the idea that either our own military, uh, foreign military, or a combination of both will be used against the American people has steadily gained ground as millions of people around the world have become aware of these dastardly plans. Every week it seems more and more information is released that further proves these plans were real and already capable of becoming fully operational within 72 hours. And, and that's true, isn't it? They've been at this for years and years, if you haven't noticed the build-up of a militarized police force, mainly staffed now with, with recruits straight from the military who've been kicking doors in on lots of drugs, and uh, uh, they're all primed to kick ass, as I love to say. And this is from about, the, I think it was 2009 it was, when the big uh, inspectors for nuclear inspectors went into Iran. And this has came out in the papers. Just to remind folk who've forgotten already, because there's such a massive barrage now of perpetual propaganda coming out of the the War Department now uh, that people forget that they didn't find anything at all. No credible evidence of Iranian nuclear weapons, says the UN inspector. Mohammed El-Baradi says Iran was on the wrong side of the law but rejects British intelligence claims. He says, Director General of the International Atomic Agency, Energy Agency, says Mohammed El-Baradi um, said today he has seen no credible evidence that Iran is developing nuclear weapons, rejecting British intelligence allegations that a weapons program has been going on for at least four years. The claims and counterclaims came on the eve of a potential decisive meeting in Geneva between diplomats from six world powers and an Iranian delegation uh, about Tehran's nuclear ambitions. Iran insists its programs for peaceful purposes and that there is nothing illegal about a uranium enrichment plant under construction near the city of Qom, the existence of which was revealed last week. So they went through all this stuff and found pretty well nothing. Nothing. But it doesn't matter today. 
Remember the article yesterday from Petraeus and other top generals talking about the war, the information war, and how it's a war of perceptions, and they, they do it continuously. The military will be doing it continuously through your major media on a daily basis. We're in the middle of that right now. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and I just finished an article there about how the Atomic International Atomic Energy Commission sent their guys in there. They keep doing it in Turan and they don't find anything, but that, that one's from 2009. Remember that, 2009. And then you have another one from 2009. doesn't matter what you say. You see, when these guys have made their plans, nothing's going to change it. It's just like carbon taxes because they take years planning them, you see. The former Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives has said that the U.S. should sabotage Iran's oil and gas infrastructure as part of its efforts to bring down the government. This is 2009 as well, right after it was, they were cleared, Iran was cleared. In an interview with Al Jazeera's uh, A.V. Lewis for the Fault Lines program, Republican Newt Gingrich says targeting Iran's refinery would spark an economic crisis that would destabilize a government in Tehran said the U.S. should use covert operations to create a gasoline-led crisis to try and replace the regime. The regime is elected, remember, Democratic elected door there. They always call them regimes. I wonder what they are in the U.S. I think we have a vested interest. The world has a vested interest in a responsible Iranian government, just as we have vested interest in a responsible North Korean government, he says. And he says, uh, well, Barack Obama, the U.S. president, has attempted diplomatic engagement with Iran following years of icy relations. Some of his administration's critics have been calling for destabilization instead. So that was then, 2009, after they'd been cleared in Iran of uh, trying to create weapons, you see. And then you go into yesterday's paper from Britain. Remember what Gingrich said, go after all refineries and so on. It says, Two American missiles struck a village in southwest Iran earlier today. The news was given in a report by the country's Islamic Republic news agency. It said yesterday that three people were injured when an earlier U.S. missile struck an oil depot. See, they're going after the oil, just like Gingrich said in 2009, right? It struck an oil depot in Abadan. The state-run news agency also said British and American jets had entered Iranian airspace several times. The two rockets hit Man Yuhe village near the border with Iraq's Al Faw Peninsula, an Iranian military commander told IRNE. He gave no details of casualties or damage. In the border city of Arvan Kanar, the invading American and British airplanes violated the airspace of the Islamic Republic of Iran three times, the commander said. In two cases, two rockets hit the Man Yuhe village. The governor of Abadan told uh, Iron A, the three people, including a guard at the oil depot, had been released from hospital after receiving treatment. Iran has strongly condemned the U.S. military assault on Iraq. And that will continue. You see, the, the same with Syria right now. They've got mass troops built up on the Jordanian side ready for, for Syria. And so this is ongoing, you know, this planned years ago. Years and years ago, Platinum, at least it was published in the 1990s, every country that was going to be taken out, you know, and put under the same uh, farcical pre- pretend system of democracy that we have here, you see. 
And, and you know, that's how they work these things. Now, <laughs> it's so wonderful. You see, to create chaos, you must create chaos. And generally they'll do it through military or, or a shortage. They'll create a shortage of something. Or it's financial crisis they set up. And, and they use these crises to cement things even further under new treaties. Oh, to save us all, we've got to sign all our rights away. Uh, that's over and over again. And we've been, we've been watching this farce in Europe uh, for, for the whole last year here as they throw all the cash of every country to prop up Greece or Italy or some other country. And they borrow this cash to throw at it, and then they're going to pay it all back with massive compound interest to the same bankers who buy up the bonds. <laughs> The EU orders Britain not to send asylum seekers back to Greece because the country is so broke. So now you have economic refugees now. I said that would come, economic refugees. And it says European Court of Justice rules no EU country can assume it can return asylum seekers to another member state. And the decision forbids Britain from returning Afghan man to Greece even though he came to UK via that country. 90% of immigrants who arrive in Europe illegally do so through Greece, it says. So Britain has been stripped of its power to return asylum seekers to Greece after a ruling by European judges. Well, of course that was going to happen because they said you're not sovereign. Listen, Rompuy has said you're not sovereign anymore. Get over it, he says, you know. (laughs) The decision by the Luxembourg court risks plunging the entire European asylum system into chaos and leaving border controls in this country hamstrung. An immigration watchdog warned the ruling would open a perfect back door into Britain. I don't know how many back doors I've got. It's awfully drafted place, you know. Under EU rules, British officials can return asylum seekers to the first European country they set foot on. But today the European Court of Justice said no one should be returned to a country if it did not uphold their fundamental rights. This means that Britain can't send asylum seekers back to Greece because its asylum system is such a mess. The ruling also opens the door for claims against other countries on the grounds their asylum systems are not up to scratch. Sir Andrew Green, chairman of Migration Watch, said this makes Greece the perfect backdoor into Britain. That means from all over Africa, wherever they want to come from, uh, they can simply go to Greece first and then hop over to Britain and claim asylum, saying they just come from Greece. And future asylum seekers who are not in fact genuine will claim that they've come through Greece, whether or not they have. Also, it undermines agreement, which provides for asylum seekers to be sent back to the first EU country, etc. Around 8% of all immigrants who arrive in Europe do so through Greece, blah, blah, blah. So it's repeating itself. Anyway, there's no... See, under this, this new authoritarian system and regime, it was never meant to be democratic. The EU was set up to be authoritarian. And the politicians are just there for the show. They can't change laws, vote on anything to change. Because a secret group at the top does all that. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix. It's time to let that guitar squeal a little bit because that's how you feel once in a while, just like letting it go because we're living in a, a managed society, managed perception. Uh, everything's managed for us, how we think, what we think and what we even do. Uh, and uh, it's, it's so well, so far advanced, it works awfully well, I must admit. But here's an article here from Canada. AIDS Research Canadian Lab gets OK to test vaccine on humans. Canadian researchers have been given the green light for human testing of an experimental HIV vaccine, but the initial trial will be to determine only its safety, not whether it prevents infection. Well, you see, that will never prevent infection because, as I said at the time, it was mutating so quickly into so many varieties and strains that technically they couldn't get a single vaccine that would work. But that doesn't matter. It's big money, big bucks again. And it says, U.S. Food and Drug Administration granted approval for researchers at the University of Western Ontario to test the vaccine, which is based on a genetically modified killed whole virus. So it's a modified, again, uh, virus uh, with genes added to it and so on, which they'll never know what it'll do to you, except these guys who test it on a few people. And, uh, and, it, and it's not guaranteed to do anything for you. So it's a false sense of security again. Now, everybody knows uh, who's been listening to the news over the last while, Americans will be transferred to foreign prisons under Indefinite Detention Act. So it's rendition, you see. If you're upset, the congressional approval of the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2012 can send you away to military prisons and be tortured in America. Don't worry, it could be worse. The, The U.S. could send you somewhere else. No, really, they could, and they can elsewhere too, really. Well, that bill uh, that left Capitol Hill last week and awaits authorization from U.S. President Barack Obama allows for the United States to indefinitely detain and torture American citizens suspected of aiding enemy forces. One provision in the bill specifies that the detention doesn't necessarily have to occur domestically, nor does it have to be in a foreign prison run by the U.S., the ongoing detention of foreign terror suspects at the U.S. base at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, has been a hot topic since the war on terror began, with American military authorities torturing could-be criminals. That's what's, that there could be criminals. Well, we all could be criminals. Governments have already said that. And uh, without any trial and so on. An expose years earlier on the Abu Ghraib facility in Iraq revealed how American troops were subjecting the detainees to disgusting and humane conditions. Well, that's just the culture that you come from now because that's what the big boys gave you. <laughs> Everybody adopted it. So uh, that's really why that's happening. And then from Mother Jones in the same, art, same uh, topic, did Congress just endorse rendition for Americans? A uh, defense spending bill that passed both houses of Congress overwhelmingly is set to be signed by President Barack Obama as early as last, last week as this week, could make it easier for the government to transfer American terror subjects to foreign regimes and security forces. The National Defense Authorization Act, and it's a PDF, there it says, you can download that, contains, that's the whole PDF for the whole Authorization Act. You also see, too, where you'd know the next amendments to it are going to be put in very quickly. That's what I was to put on the books first and then start amending it contains a selection that says the president has the power to transfer suspected members and supporters of al-Qaeda, I guess that's the whole of the CIA, the Taliban or associated groups to the custody or control of the person's country of origin, any other foreign country or any other foreign entity. That means that the president determines you're a member or supporter of al-Qaeda or associated forces. He could order you to be handed over to the Saudis, the Egyptians, the Yemenis, any other foreign country, any other respective security forces or even the United Nations, uh, any other foreign entity. 
And the United Nations is an entity, it's not a nation, and it's not even democratic, it's a private organization. You can read the relevant selection or section of the law in the document viewer at the end of the article and look for the highlighted annotations. Many legal experts consider the NDAA a congressional codification of war powers the Bush and Obama administrations have claimed they already possess. David Glazier, professor at uh, Loyola Law School in Los Angeles and expert in the law of war, argues that Obama already had the power to transfer suspected al-Qaeda members, even Americans, to foreign custody, and the NDAA simply endorses that view. If the president could lawfully transfer a German prisoner of war to a foreign country, then in theory he could do the same thing with an American prisoner of war, Glazier explains. But turning the Bush and Obama administration's interpretations of their war powers into an actual law is no small thing, as Benjamin Witts, a legal expert at the Brookings Institution, explains. Under this law, the government has far-reaching powers to detain and try terrorist suspects inside or outside the civilian justice system, or, if necessary, to transfer them to the custody of foreign powers, and it will serve as a signal to judges. When you put all that in the statute, it becomes a much more permanent fixture of the U.S. justice system, says Daphne Eviata, a lawyer with Human Rights First. It's not necessarily changing the authority the U.S. government has already, but it's institutionalizing it, and that's the most important part. You're institutionalizing it until it's common, normalized, normalized, you see. It's part of the whole system, and that's the danger there. As I say, too, they'll put amendments on it, too, as they want to go after more and more people. Or speaking out about it, just speaking out or condemning it or criticizing anything the government's doing, that's really where it's all supposed to go eventually. See, the Soviet system were the ones that we get the term from anti-government. That's the, they use the term anti-government, direct translation. And they were all, anybody who was anti-government or labeled as such was ultimately whisked away and tortured and then killed. And, of course, you've heard this expression, anti-government. Whenever you criticize a, a, a policy, you know, anti-government. It's all labels, you see. Lenin said we shall win by labels and, and slogans. And it, it's awfully effective. And that's what they want to do, you see. Eviator adds that there are a whole lot of scenarios where the government might want to transfer a suspected terrorist, even a U.S. citizen, to foreign custody, for example, The administration might not want to go through the political mess of determining whether to send a suspect to Gitmo, try him in a military commission, or use a civilian system. The administration might also want to avoid the mandatory habeas corpus review uh, that would come if the U.S. held the suspect itself. In such a case, transferring the suspect to a foreign security force might present an appealing option. So, it goes on and on and on. It's quite a long article, actually. You should read it. I'll put it up tonight at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, the link, and you can download that, and you can download the whole bill as well. And as I say, you'll see the places where they've, they've worded such things so they can put in amendments, and you can pretty well imagine what those amendments are going to be. Very quickly, anti, oh, you're anti-government. You criticize Obama's policy on so-and-so. You understand, if you're anti-government for criticizing a policy, then the whole of the opposition party should be locked up and whisked away for rendition. It's so crazy, but that's how they do it. They, they confuse your mind, on, on, and also get confused awfully easy. And another article is, Do private military contractors have impunity to torture? See, they're going to use a lot of private military on uh, people shortly within the U.S., maybe Canada, and they've used them all over the world so far. 
and the U.S. hires them as well. Unbelievably, in 2011, this question has not yet been settled in the courts of the United States. Human rights attorneys are headed back to court in the coming month to argue that, yes, victims of war crimes and torture by contractors should have a path to justice. Attorneys from my organization, Center for Constitutional Rights, along with co-counsel, are representing Iraqi civilians who were horribly tortured in Abu Ghraib and other detention centers in Iraq and seeking to hold accountable to private, uh, two private contractors for the violations of international, federal, and state law. By the military's own internet, internal investigations, private military contractors from the U.S.-based corporations, L3 Services, and Khaki, the Khaki is an amazing organization. even have, run schools and everything across the world, and prisons and everything. Khaki International were involved in the war crimes and the acts of torture that took place, which included rape, being forced to watch family members and others be raped, severe beatings, being hung in stress positions, being pulled across the floor by genitals, mock executions, and other incidents, many of which were documented by photographs. This that should shock everybody, but it doesn't. You've all seen these movies. You've had years and years of movies from Hollywood that works with the Pentagon, and you're desensitized to the things I've just read there. And so there's no shock about it. It's just, oh, well, a whole generation's grown up now, and they're put on, on the uniforms, uh, who have been brought up with these movies. And they look forward to being the guys that do the raping and, and the pulling the genitals and, st- and getting a little picture taken uh, up on Facebook, put up on Facebook. You know, look at this me guy. Here's me getting the guys, to, these prisoners, to sodomize each other. Ha, ha, ha. It's happened the last time. But you can't shock folk now. You just can't do it. Now, in India, which is rapidly pushing forward with all the cash that's getting in from all, all the countries, we're sending millions every year to them because we must do that under the agreement we signed through the World Trade Organization. We must pay for them to come up to a higher standard of living and uh, uh, as we go down the tubes. And so billions, every country is sending billions off to India, uh, just like we did with China, same, same deal. And, uh, and they can, of course, import all, export all they want to you, but you can export all you want to them. You have to pay high import duties. They don't. That's part of the agreement, as you pay for their hospitals and education and factories to be built. Anyway, but the Indians themselves won't be any better off than the average Chinese, because, because in India, too, there's a caste system, which is a class system, and uh, it won't change. In fact, let's get stink, more stinking rich at the top and even poorer at the bottom. But they want everyone, and I talk about the average person there, Indians are signing away the, uh, uh, the life away for a biometric ID card. This is what the, the, the law that they're pushing in India. Uh, people of India are signing their own death warrants as they agree to sign up to the government's ID card systems, claiming it will help cut fraud uh, for bet- benefit payments. That's how they get the poor, right? you get benefit payments, and we'll know it's you. Like they didn't know it was you already. The real reason is to help the new world order, etc., etc., etc. So it's a test case given it all to them first before they bring it over to the welfare recipients. That's how they start in first world countries. Same with fingerprinting too. So I'll put that link up as well. But we're, we're on a roll. It's a rampaging roll. This is a time of fast-paced change because if you had a, a period of grace where you had a, a few years to think things over and, and, and your mind starts working again and you stop watching the news and you can think for yourself, you, uh, that's dangerous, you see. They want you to be on a roll. 
uh, a roller coaster where your mind is just driven as the, as the perception managers manage your mind completely. That's what they want. And it's far better. You're, when you're in shock, you see shock and awe is also a technique of media, bombardment and perpetual war. And uh, when you're in that state, you're, you're very suggestible. Uh, you can't, you don't get time to reason things through. Uh, you can't remember things very well because it seems to be new pieces to do, coming out all the time. Just like, say, 2009, uh, Iran was cleared of, of any attempt to make uh, wep- atomic weaponry. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Today it's, oh, yeah, they are, yeah, they are, sure they are. Somebody says so, and that's all I have to say, somebody says so in the War Department. And you can't remember anything anymore. So when you're stampeding, that's when the big boys can change massive social changes. Remember what Carol Quigley said, you can get more done on a social change level in five years of war than 50 years of peace using propaganda. You can stampede the people in times of war. Economic collapse. Oh my God, they're bombing all over the world. Oh my God. Oh, they're going to arrest Americans. Oh my God. And it just endless, you see. This is how they do it. Shock and awe. Wasn't, wasn't designed simply to, uh, for physical bombardments from, from the air. Wasn't. Now, I'll, when you go to the callers, and there's some callers, I think, coming in, or have come in, and I'll see who they are. And there's, there's Aaron from Nevada hanging on there. Are you there, Aaron? Yes, Alan. Thank you very much. Yes, go ahead. Okay, a um, couple things. One, uh, I have this little Internet show I've been doing for about a year and a website that goes with it. So I put this uh, tracking software so I could check out the visitors, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I only had it up about a week, and I noticed I was getting a lot of uh, visitors from, like, Tel Aviv. And then I began getting visits from the United States State Department. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I got really paranoid. I was like, I have a tiny little thing, you know, I'm doing for the alt media. And, uh, but somehow or another, it's attracted the attention of the United States State Department. So I got really paranoid. I tore the website down. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to get your sense of, you know, what you think about that. And secondly, I was just wondering if you had, had any thoughts on what, uh, Benjamin Fulford came out with in the past uh, couple weeks about this lawsuit that's been filed by some Chinese against the, uh, Federal Reserve and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, so those are the two things. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. If, if you've got what they call sensitive information, in other words, uh, meaning anything to do uh, with uh, the U.S. policies abroad uh, or Israel as well, because it's tied to the hip, that the two policies are tied to the hip, the whole Middle East is tied to the hip uh, to do with, with Israel today and the U.S. There's no doubt about it. And all the, the, the public statements put in the mainstream uh, to do with that as well. We're, we are friends and allies with Israel. They've never said why they're allies, but, but uh, they're friends and allies. So uh, that's just a given. But regardless, if you mention it, even though the mainstream's mentioned it, and even if you're reading an article from the mainstream or giving you a link, uh, they will definitely look into it because they're so well organized, both sides, to, to automatically track anything that's, that, that mentions them. So um, that just goes with the territory of, of sticking your head up out the foxhole and uh, there's nothing you can really do about it. Um, some, a lot of your uh, security equipment, by the way, your, your, your anti-spyware, etc., is owned by Israel. 
So there's different ways to find out what you're up to anyway. I don't think there's any privacy today at all, like Asangi said. There really is none. Uh, the computer is there for their use, those who rulers, uh, governments and all, uh, as opposed to your personal freedom, even though I like to call it personal computer, just to con you. And uh, with Fulford, I, I really uh, I can't really take him too seriously uh, because when he came out with, the, with the, all the triads in China were going to um, riot and go after the Illuminati, etc., and it was just it's all too crazy and fishy for me. So I, 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 in this day and age too, it doesn't matter him. I've seen so many articles here on, on different groups going to sue politicians, etc. Never happens. If it does, uh, they always get off with it. And uh, there's no real point to it, really, in other words. It, it goes nowhere. Uh, so I, I, I really don't take... I, we're, see, we're, we're post-democratic. We're post um Pretty well everything that gave us rights. Uh, we don't have really rights today, as far as I can see. So all these lawsuits, forget it. I mean, the, the whole justice system is completely controlled in every country now. Uh, so much so that uh, when something should cause outrage, like when Monsanto does put farmers out of business, like happened in Canada, the first one, one was a Canadian out west, uh, and, and the judge actually said to him, I don't care how it got on your land, whether it blew over, or, or a bird poops it into your soil. He says, uh, it's on your land, and that's, I'm finding you massive amounts of money. And eventually put the guy out of business. That's a justice system. It's not what you're being taught it's there for. Never was, actually. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and uh, we'll take Jane from Ontario. Are you there, Jane? Hello, Jane? Uh, yes. Go Can ahead. Hear me? Yep. yep. Okay, um, I was going to talk about something else, but then this is quicker, I think. And uh, You mentioned um, governments, I forget exactly how you worded it, something about governments, oh, uh, criticizing governments, how that's supposed to be such a terrible thing. It made me think of um, there was a well-publicized murder trial that I was following, and I had actually followed the whole missing person, turned murdered person, um, leading up, like in the years leading up to the trial. And um, I'm pretty sure the wrong person was tried, and, and he turned out to be convicted as well. Yeah. But um, the defense during the trial implied that a witness had been coached by the prosecution, uh-huh. and the prosecution said, um, the defense is attacking the government, you know, and I just thought, well, that's, a, that's just crazy, because it's always the government, right, that's, the prosecution is always the government, really, mm-hmm. and yep. so that almost sounds like you can't really defend yourself, doesn't it? Well, well, you can't really, if they want you, they'll get you on something, so it's just like setting up the, the cards against Stacking the cards against Iran uh, and, and turning out propaganda until in most people's minds, well, I guess they deserve it. And they're completely ignorant of any of the facts. Uh, it's, it's as easy as that. But, but in, in the legal system, most of uh, the cases are dealt with uh, before they get into court uh, by, between lawyers and judges and so on. Anything that's a sticky 
topic, uh, they, they've already had advice from much, much higher authorities in the legal system and government itself. So it's not as free as you think it is where decisions are made on, on the spot, yeah. yeah. Sorry, um, do you think both sides are, um, like the, the defense, if, if, if the person yeah. is supposed to be guilty, then the defense is kind of told, look, don't, don't oh, oh, you can actually tell them. You can actually tell it. And in fact, there's one case, one guy in Ireland who was up for really um, sedition and treason. And I, I talked about him on, on this broadcast. And uh, he got this defense guy in, in Ireland. And, and the guy literally didn't stand up for him at all. But he gave him all these signs to, to the judge and so on, all these Masonic signs, which they do. It's awfully quite funny walking into court and watching this stuff. You should do it once in a while if you're near a court. I just go in and watch them, and you'll see the, the, the gestures they have and the, the way they put the hands on their head, and these are all Masonic uh, signals they're giving each other and passing. So, and I remember, too, as a guy got off in Canada after being stuck inside for 15 years, I think, for a murder he didn't commit, and through DNA, supposedly, uh, they found out he didn't do it. They probably knew it all along. But he said about his court case, he says, I didn't get to see anything in the court. He said, this is gen- generally what happens. Uh, in fact, you're told by the judge to shut up. And the two lawyers uh, it, it do all the so-called debating on law. And he said, I, I felt like an object, he said, just sitting and watching, you know, a, a show put on by other people. He was an object. He wasn't a person anymore. He wasn't even, it was like someone else's trial, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, I just want to say happy Saturnalia. That's right. I got Saturnalia, indeed. It will be Saturnalia. I'll keep some people happy. Um, and... Uh, uh, I know that all the, the New Agers will be practicing their, their different things uh, this weekend. Mind you, they can't go around naked in the snow uh, unless they're awfully sturdy. Yeah, that's true. And uh, unless they're all inside in some big hall somewhere. They can they get some fake snow inside, you know, uh, and do their business. And, and maybe, hopefully, change the world for the better. Uh, somebody has to do it, right? <laughs> but thanks for calling in. And from Phil and Ryan, maybe you can call next week. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, this good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. And I'll be back on Tuesday, actually. There's two good shows uh, for tomorrow and Monday already pre-selected. So I'll see you back Tuesday.